1: Conversations on Dance is generously supported by Yumiko. Have you seen the recent collaboration between MB Studios and Yumiko? Check out their website, yumiko.com, or their Instagram at Yumiko and at Yumiko World to view these new designs that include bags and backpacks that come in all shapes and sizes, and adorable makeup bags that say Maird, Susu, and Swan. Yumiko has also recently released a new line of t-shirts and tote bags that you will want to make sure you check out. It's all up now on yumiko.com. This episode is brought to you by the Town of Vale, a sponsor helping to host the Vale Dance Festival in our community. This
0: episode is dedicated in loving memory to Carol Hollinshead.
1: I'm Rebecca King Ferraro.
0: And I'm Michael Breeden. And you're listening to Conversations on Dance. Today, we are bringing you a live podcast recording from the Vale Dance Festival with New York City Ballet Principal Tyler Peck. In her 11th year at the Vale Dance Festival, Tyler continues to explore her work as a choreographer with a revival of last year's premiere, Lincoln Square, and a new premiere to Caroline Shaw's Thousandth Orange. We talked to her about her choreographic inspirations and the thought process behind her latest work. This episode was recorded on August 5th, 2019. Thank you all for coming out today to Festival Forums here at the Bale Dance Festival. My name is Michael Breeden. And
1: I'm Rebecca King Ferraro, and we are the hosts of the podcast Conversations on Dance, and we are former dancers with Miami City Ballet. And we are here this year for two weeks over this festival, conducting interviews like this and doing some private interviews as well that we will be posting on our podcast feed. So be sure to stay tuned for that, for some interviews with some of your festival favorites
0: though I'm doubtful that she needs an introduction. uh, We are joined today by dancer, choreographer, and now in her 11th year at the festival, Yeah, I think um, it's 11. Tyler Peck. Thank you for coming, Tyler. Thanks. Uh, (laughs) So I'm sure a lot of you will have questions for Tyler after the interview, so hold on to those, and we will absolutely get to you once we are done with the interview segment of today's event
1: so tyler Mm -hmm. we are so happy to get this extra time with you this year because we know that you're here in a different capacity which is very exciting so we (laughs) want to talk a little bit about what you've been up to this past year what uh you danced at new york city ballet and maybe any other projects that you worked on
2: hmm sometimes they all blend together so i'm like (laughs) which was this year (laughs) um After Vail, well, I did do one really fun thing at City Center, actually, and it was with Little Buck and a dancer from Washington Ballet, or I guess now he's retired from there, but Brooklyn Mac, and we did a Petrushka, um, which was really fun because it was kind of, in the essence of like Veil because, Mm. you know, Buck and I are here together, but it was really fun. We had like a, um, an actual hip hop choreographer doing it. And it was fun to kind of reimagine Petrushka, um, on the city center stage. That was one fun thing I did, um, at New York city ballet. I think I debuted Swan Lake. (laughs) In
0: the fall season, right? yeah,
2: Yeah. Was that a year? Yeah. So I think that was one of the biggest, highlights for me um for sure it was a role I never really thought I would get to dance um just because in our company it tends to go to taller dancers and so I just kind of always just kind of put it aside because I just thought okay it's just never going to be for me and um when Peter uh I was in Washington DC and he said do you think that um I could speak to you and a lot had gone on in my life and I remember saying like well, if it's bad news, can it just wait because I just need a second. And he was like, no, I think you're going to like this. Uh-huh. And he said, um, you know, coming up, I really want you to do Swan Lake. And I was literally shocked. Like I was, I, I couldn't believe it, but it was just what I needed at that time. And it meant so much more to me because I've been in the company for 15 years. So I waited 15 years to do it. And, um, I think it came at the right time you know I don't think had I done it earlier it would have been as good Mm -hmm. and so I think you know everything happened for a reason and that's definitely when people ask me like one of the most memorable performances I mean it was insane we got like 12 curtain calls and at New York City Ballet like that just doesn't happen like I couldn't believe it I was like uh, it was it was something that I will never forget for sure.
0: Have you maybe danced either of the potatoes, uh Here, in, actually, here in Vail? I, both. Both.
2: <laughs> yeah, I did Black Swan first, like a very long time ago, mm-hmm. um, and then White Swan I did more recently, maybe, maybe like three years ago, mm-hmm. I think. I don't know. They kind of blend Bloods together, better. but I did do both of them. It's here. hard to keep
0: track yeah. of eleven years worth of vale yeah, <laughs> it's true.
2: Um, but yeah, that was definitely very, very memorable. And at New York City Valley, I'm trying to think like what other rep went that was like new for me. Um, I had a really memorable show of Capella because it was Joaquin's retirement, oh, um, and actually that was a lot of. I guess what I would say was memorable was doing all of his last shows because mm-hmm. I did everything. So we did a chaipa that was crazy <laughs> and then a capella and then we got to work with Misha. He came and coached us on other dances. So I got to work with Vrychnikov for like a week and mm-hmm. that was incredible. Something mm-hmm. I also never thought would happen.
0: That seems like something that's happening more and more at New York City Ballet Now a lot of these uh, dancers who originated roles are coming in to, to coach um, people like yourself. Yeah. Have you had any other opportunities to work with some of the people that have been brought in?
2: Well, Heather was always really great about that. Like, um, even if they didn't come into the New York City Ballet, you know, I worked with her, obviously, on everything. Mm-hmm. Um, we would just go into a studio no matter if what. You know, we would pick any studio we could find and go over something. We could even do it over the phone. That's how mm-hmm. much, like, I speak her language. <laughs> um, or text. <laughs> um, but... You know, when I did the sleepwalker and Cenobula, she felt it was really important for me to work with Allegra Kent, so she um, set that up, and it was amazing. I mean, Allegra, like, made me a candlestick like she made it and then came into the studio to hold and she had a costume for me and it was just incredible. And then she got kind of a little shy. So then she started making Heather do it because Heather was in the room, I think to make her feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. She's like, Heather, you've done it. You show her. And she's like, well, she's here to see you, not me. But so then she was like, okay, maybe if I do it, then she'll feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. So it was like, this really funny like
0: to Balanchine ballerinas. ballerina. Yeah, but it was, doing it this was for you.
2: incredible. Yeah. Like I wished I had it on video. I mean, Heather took some photos, but just seeing Allegra even like hold the candlestick and like it, it was, it's just so important, I think to work mm-hmm. with ballerinas who have done the work and a lot of times at the New York city ballet, we were missing that. So yeah, it has been very special to get to bring in those Balanchine ballerinas. Um, Patty worked with me on Capella, and um, Beze. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so, you do a lot of Patty roles.
2: Yeah, it was really weird. I was like, how do I do almost <clears throat> every Patricia McBride role and I've never, ever worked with her <laughs> and she's still living? Like, it just mm-hmm. didn't make sense, right. you know? Um, so it was really special to get mm-hmm. to, you know, meet and learn from the person who I danced Pretty much all of her roles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I,
0: I think Capelia in particular is interesting because you know we we talk a lot about balancing ballerinas. You know that's like the lineages balancing taught them, and then they teach you. Yeah. But for Capelia, that actually came from Danilova, mm-hmm. who did it in Russia, or with the Ballet Russe, and you know, so it's like it goes back even, even further. further.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. and Capelia is my favorite thing. I think that was the hardest one for me to actually have somebody come in. After I've done it for so long, Mm. because normally I'm like, you know, I I just want to know everything and I am so easily able to change. Um, I don't have any set ways, but with Capella, I felt like I had found my Capella, like Mm. my Swan Hilda. And so with Patty, the only thing with that Capella was I felt like. Instead of more working on the character, it was more about actually the steps, mm-hmm. um, and so that was a little harder the to in your change because they were they felt like and I was like oh I really love that step you know like I don't know why it was taught to me that way but I really liked the way mm-hmm. that went mm-hmm. um, so that one was the only one where I felt like it was a little harder because normally I feel like when they come in it's more about like the role or the feeling or what Balanchine was kind of mm-hmm. saying instead of like, oh, this pot of actually goes to the right instead of the left. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, or why are you doing and I was like, I don't know, that's just the way I was taught it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. So that was the only tricky thing for me, but everything else has been like super amazing mm-hmm. to I have feel like
1: a lot of times when these coaches come in, sometimes they'll come in at the ground floor. Like when you don't know the steps, they're teaching it to you. Yeah. They're giving you that coaching right away. Uh-huh. So how is this for you, like you said, you've danced these ballets for many of many years. Yeah. And now you have this new insight what was that what was it like to take the stage in these ballets that you were so familiar with but somehow had this like new look at
2: yeah I guess like Heather always says this she's always says like there's so many ways to get to heaven Mm -hmm. and I feel like that's kind of where I because I was getting really frustrated honestly, because I was like here's this role that I really love to dance and now I'm worried about doing you know standing with b-plus with a demi point or a Pointed foot or whether I'm doing a pantomime with a straight leg in mm-hmm. a tendu as opposed to six position because it's a character role. And so finally, after a while, I think Joaquin could see me getting like a little frustrated. Like I was like, does it really matter if I'm in Tondu or in six, you know, like mm-hmm. um, and so after a while, it finally just. I, I, I kind of took that lesson of like, there's many ways to get to heaven. And I said, okay, look, I'm just going to take everything she says. And then when I get out there, it's my show. So you take all of the things that work for you and then you just throw away all the things that don't work. And honestly, when you're out there, the audience is not going to be like, oh my gosh, she's not in Tondu doing that (laughs) pantomime. So in the moment, if I didn't feel like being in Tondu, I didn't do it in Tondu. And, um, she, but but overall, it was just amazing to have her, even just like, especially with the doll mm-hmm. stuff in the second act. Mm-hmm. Um, that was really different. Um, just the way she would hold the hands and stuff. And that was interesting to like see her.
1: Mm-hmm. Did either Patricia McBride or Allegra Kent give you any good balancing stories that maybe you hadn't heard before?
2: Hmm.
1: I always love to hear those.
2: <laughs> no, the one thing I loved though that Allegra said was there's this part in the very beginning when the sleepwalker comes out and she does this kind of like you see the light going in the house and then she enters and she does this these kinds of walks and then she brays to the end and she stops and allegra said literally he wanted her to like almost put her foot over the proscenium Mm -hmm. like and now the way they teach it is like we bray and then there's kind of like a plie and then a stop Mm -hmm. and she said no it was literally like bray stop like it was like off point and seeing her do that was really Mm -hmm. special. And I think she did say that he even like tried to have her have like one leg off or Mm -hmm. something crazy like that. Um, But you know, those things do get lost unless they get Mm -hmm. passed down. So um, Patty, I can't really, she was more, she more talked about Danilova, like you were saying, Mm -hmm. like she was, you know, saying, oh um, yeah, she just, I think that was mostly about the doll. Like she just said, I watched her day after day after day doing this. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there was a Balanchine story there. I don't think so. She. It's funny when you hear the Balanchine ballerinas talk, they kind of make it seem like Balanchine just let them do their thing. Mm-hmm. Like he trusted them so much that, and they were with him so much that they didn't really need to be told. You know, right. these roles were for them. Mm-hmm. Um You know, Heather always says that too, you know, we were with him every single day taking class. So it was to the point where sometimes like, he wouldn't even need to rehearse us because he knew that we would just do it our way. And he wanted that to be very individual. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so um, as we were speaking about earlier, unfortunately, you're not performing here at the festival this year and I know that audiences are disappointed, but you have a good reason. <laughs> Sometimes we don't always take the time to talk about injuries in dance and mm-hmm. our audience may not really understand what we're going through when we're not able to be on the stage. So can you tell us a little bit about the injury that you're struggling through?
2: Yeah. Um, so. In April I was dancing. I don't remember doing anything and then I slept through the night and when I woke up I literally like could not move my neck and I was in so much pain. I I I can't even explain the pain. Like my mom was with me and I she did not know what to do. Like and it was the point where I called my physical therapist in in New York cuz I was actually in Seattle doing a show there and I I just said, I literally cannot move my neck. I don't know what I did, but, and I had pain like running down my arm and I could not get in a comfortable position. Like literally I got on my, like the floor and my mom was like holding my neck, like in her hands, the way like our physical therapist does, because I just needed like to be, I don't, I don't really know. But anyways, it turns out that I, um, and I, I kept dancing. Like I got, I got. PT there, and I danced for like two more weeks, and it was fine. And then I went back to New York, and I started doing my normal New York City ballet schedule, which was like crazy, of course. And it was coming into a season this past season where I was supposed to be doing two ballets every single night the first week, and so it had just been a Sunday perform uh, rehearsal period, and I had done three completes of like Justin Peck's Rodeo pictures at an exhibition and like I think say or or something okay,
1: so easy ballet easy ballet.
2: <laughs> and then I got an MRI the next day because I said to Marika our physical therapist like I don't know I have tingling in my fingers like I don't know and she said well what did the MRI say and I said oh I never got one and she said okay well we definitely like need to get one so I went the next day on Monday and on Tuesday when I was going for opening night to do my two ballets they called me at like as I was walking across the street, basically, and said, like, you can't absolutely not go to work. And I was like, what do you mean? I just danced all day yesterday. (laughs) And they were like, no, you have a really serious, like, herniated disc that is, like, at the time pushing on my spinal cord, which is very scary. Um, So I haven't danced since April 23rd. Um, And the plan is to finish the summer, like just with rest and hopefully at the end of September to then start getting back. I can put my point shoes on. I can, you know, be in the pool, but I can't do anything like crazy with the neck turning or Mm -hmm. jumping or anything like that. So, um, but it's been nice to still be able to put my point shoes on so they don't feel so foreign. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's definitely been, I've had one other injury and this is, This one, I think, takes the cake (laughs) for sure. And it's such
1: a struggle for us as dancers when all we want to do is be able to dance and we see things and we're missing out on being able to be a part of that. But there are also lessons that we're able to learn when we are injured because we take that time to really think and work on different things. So what kind of lessons do you feel like you've learned through this process so far?
2: Um, Well, one thing was like when Damien said, you know, we still definitely want you to come to the festival. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know. I don't know if that'll be good for like... My mental, mental. health, <laughs> you know, um, and he and I said, and honestly, he said I would really still like for you to do the ballet. And I said, well, the way I choreograph a ballet is by dancing it. Mm-hmm. How am I supposed to choreograph something when I can't move? And he said, well, this will just be another way that you're going to have to learn. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I don't, I don't really know what the outcome is going to be like. He said, well, why don't you just get in a studio and try, and if it doesn't seem like it's working, then we'll just you know put it aside. There's no pressure um so i did i i the first day i had roman and lauren that was the first thing i did and it was not difficult at all like i literally could not move I was in sneakers and I remember my arm was low and I was like imagine it being high and we had this joke going around her mom that the entire ballet was going to be with like low arms (laughs) because Mm. that's the way I was showing I was Mm. like "Okay, well the arm is actually supposed to be straight now (laughs) but um but it's been really fun and I'm actually the most proud of this ballet so I guess I don't really need to be able to move to choreograph a ballet but it definitely took a different set of skills to be able to do that. Mm. Um, but I did talk to Bill Forsythe about it, and he was like, That's when you know you can actually choreograph when you can't move. Um, <laughs> so,
0: mm. yeah. So uh, the timing is kind of good in a way because last year was just the first year that you had actually choreographed for the festival. Yeah. So um, it's like at least this is happening at a moment where you're kind of exploring this avenue a little bit more. And in fact, that work did come back this year. Mm -hmm. Um, So what was that like having last year danced in it and Mm -hmm. now you got to experience it solely from the front? You had Lauren Lovett in your role.
2: Yeah, um, it was funny because I said to my sister and mom who were sitting next to me, I was like, my God, it's so much easier dancing it than having to sit and watch because when I'm up there I can control what's happening mm-hmm. and when I'm in the audience, I just I'm nervous for them, not for myself, but I just wanted them to do really well. Mm-hmm. And I'd never been in that position before. And I said to my mom, I said, Is this how you feel every time I dance? And she uh-huh. said, I cross everything. I cross my fingers and my legs. And I go, for the whole <laughs> performance and she goes, Yeah, I'm like, so for Swan Lake, she's like, Yeah, for the whole the two and a half <laughs> hours I'm like this. <laughs> and I thought, Oh my god, that must be so horrible. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I think it's a different kind of nervous for sure. Like I, It's definitely easier to be up there dancing than to sit and watch something. But it was nice because I actually feel like I got to see the ballet because when you're in it, you can't really get to see it. Right. And last year, I didn't even want to be in it. But Damien was like, I think you should be in it. And yeah. I was like, okay, I'll be in it. <laughs> but this is been really nice because I've just gotten to see it from the front. So I feel like I've really actually... And I've had the time. You know, normally I'm dancing so much here that I don't really have much time to do anything else. So here I just got to focus on the piece. So it actually feels like a ballet. And um, yeah, I'm really proud of it. And my cast couldn't have been better. I think I have like a super all-star cast. <laughs> um, and every we just had a really fun time in the studio. Everybody was um, so game there wasn't one person with a bad attitude ever. Mm-hmm. Um, even Herman, you know, I was super nervous to choreograph on him. Actually, I didn't ask for him, even though he's like my favorite dancer. Um, <laughs> you know, and Davian said, well, what about Herman? And I was like, uh, mm. do you think he would be okay with that? Because <laughs> just choreographing on somebody more senior, like, I mean, I know people do it all the time, but it just seemed a little like daunting. Um, but he, from day one, uh, I started with the two boys. There's a two men's dance with Roman and Herman, and in the middle of it, he turned to it and he was like, "This is so musical. I'm loving this." And I was oh. like, "Okay, I think we're gonna be fine." Um, he
0: literally said the same thing to us. You yeah, know, we, we we've talked to him a couple of times this oh. year at the festival, and he said both times that the thing he was most excited for was your piece, and he, and he was just like, "I was just so impressed by how musical it was." Really? He obviously oh. that really makes him tick.
2: Yeah. Um, it, it, it made me happy too. I was like, Okay, I'm glad this is going well. Uh, I just want everybody to be happy and like what they were dancing. There's literally nothing worse than having to dance something you don't like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um and I've I feel like they they like everybody in the piece. So it's just been like a really good community and they've been yeah, Isabella said I've never seen him work this hard at A B T She didn't so she's like, He's full out every time. He's
1: enjoying it. Yeah. Oh. It, so how has it been for you since your first piece? Not only were you in it, but there mm-hmm. were only three dancers. In yeah. it. And now you have, is it six? Six, yeah. So it's twice as many. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot more patterns and that sort of thing involved. How have you been enjoying playing with that? And how is that different from the first experience?
2: Um, well, the way it all kind of came together was he, Damien wasn't going to kind of give me a lot of the people that I wanted because they're in so many other things. Mm-hmm. But I was kind of like, well, what if I started in New York and then I'll make sections up so that I can rehearse them separately and then people can go to other things. So that's kind of how the structure of the piece came. It was who was available and who I thought I could put together so that people could go and rehearse other things. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the first time we actually put all of the sections together, I was like, wow, this is actually better than I think it would have been had I had them all in the room at one mm-hmm. time, because it became something that was really structurally beautiful because it just kind of became like a duet, a trio, a this a that mm-hmm. kind of more seamlessly, I think, than had I had all of them in the room and been like, oh, OK, who should I use now? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that was it was really fun to kind of see it come together mm-hmm. like that. And the music by Caroline Shaw is so beautiful it was really easy to choreograph too. Mm. I never really found I mean honestly I was nervous to do it all here because it's only two weeks you know and I think if I were more established maybe I could put it together in two weeks and honestly I did it in five rehearsals anyways Mm. but it was something about starting in New York that I didn't feel the pressure but we only had five rehearsals out of like an hour and a half and we did a 10-minute piece so Mm. I could have done it all here but I think I just didn't want to put the pressure on myself because i don't know if the steps would have come out as as well Mm -hmm.
0: yeah um you you said that you had specific ideas of who you wanted to use certainly so i'm wondering what sort of qualities you look for in a dancer i'm guessing musicality oh yeah but are there other things that you're just like they need to be this way
2: Yeah, for me, there is nothing more frustrating than a dancer who is unmusical. I, like, do not understand it. I'm like, there's a reason we dance to the music. If you're not going to listen to it, don't dance. That's literally how I feel. Uh Um, But I, I, yeah, I do. That's one thing. The second thing for me and the most important is that I don't want any attitudes in the room. So there are some people here that I think are really, really talented, but that I wouldn't want to work with just because I want it to be a good experience. And I didn't want one person's attitude to bring down the room of the other. So for me, it was also just picking people that I really like to work with. And obviously Roman and Chris were like, can I please have them again? Because that's who I use. And I think it was probably like a comfort zone. And Mm -hmm. I know they're really young, so they're willing and um I know them well so I I you know and he said well they're in a lot of things and I said please Damien it will just like make me feel better uh-huh. to have them in the room somebody like I've already worked with yeah. um and then like Isabella is like one of my best friends so it's been very fun to have her like in this studio and she just keeps saying T-Pain this is like actually really good <laughs> and I'm, like, I'm like i think so." I think it might be kind of okay. Like, it's surprising we, me, too.
0: Can we just rewind? Bella calls you T-Pain.
2: Yeah, her and, her and, her and James call me T-Pain. That's good. Yeah, yeah that's and like then the, the whole cast now, it's like T-Pizzle, T-This, T-That, everything. <laughs> India has given me a million names. That's great.
1: Right. Yeah. It's really, I love that, hearing that about how much fun you guys are having in rehearsal because that always comes across on stage. You know. Yeah, like no, is, it does.
2: Yeah. And I think also being here and knowing how much like the i mean literally my schedule every year here is insane and so i also know that and so like on the international indians i was like let's just take the days off like you don't need to be in my rehearsal for two hours and then going and doing very hard rep because Mm I'm in that position normally and I'm like, why am I doing this on a day where I'm doing pa and something else right. in the international means? And so I think they've really appreciated that mm-hmm. too, you know, or one day we did have it and I said, you know, this is just for the music. You guys don't have to dance. Mm-hmm. We just need to make sure. And so I think that's also been like a nice experience for them that I haven't just been like, okay, let's run it every single day, whether they've had like, You know eight hours of rehearsal or not Mm
0: -hmm. so the more that you've started to choreograph and now obviously damien wants this to be more part of who you are as an artist Mm -hmm. um are there things that you started to consider like wow i'd really like to explore this choreographically like large groups or a certain composer
2: um i don't really know large groups kind of seems a little daunting still like Mm -hmm. Six was a really, really good number for me. I wanted it to be more than like a trio like last year. But six was, so maybe maybe I'll keep building, but something <laughs> like doing like 20 dancers or something and like a 20-minute long piece does not seem mm-hmm. enjoyable
0: <laughs> yet to me.
2: Um But I definitely am really happy that he pushed me to do this because it's something I've done for a very long time, not in this um sort of... Uh, at this level, I guess, but, you know, my mom owns a dance studio, and um, really, since I was, like, eight years old, I was choreographing dances at her studio, and even since I've been in the company, every summer, I'd go home, and I'd choreograph, like, literally 15 dances for her for her next year's, um, like, competition level so it's not like a piece like this but it is something that like steps were always coming through my head and I loved I loved working with with dancers Mm -hmm. um and also I feel like at the company like I have a, a pretty good eye meaning like I love helping the younger dancers with roles like if I see somebody doing sugar plum and they're having a hard time like I'm always the person that they come to and say Tyler do you think you could like look at this and help me and I love doing it. So, I think in a way too when I pick the dancers I pick, you know, it's also things for me that I know their strengths and weaknesses and it's a way for me to help work on their dancing as well. Mm-hmm. Um just, you know, even with like with Lauren, um who I love, I love her dancing, um but I've always really wanted to help her with her runs because I feel like she forgets to turn out sometimes and nobody ever says anything. (laughs) And so in my ballet, we have runs. And so Mm -hmm. it was a way for me to help. And she was like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm working on everything that like I'm not so good at. I'm like, you're good at it. You've just never been told anything. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, I, I think that's also fun to kind of help that way too
0: this year at the festival you were also helping outside of your own ballets can you tell yeah. us a little bit about some of the things you were coaching um, that weren't just your choreography
2: yeah um, yeah Damien said do you think you could help Lauren with Duo and I said well she does it in the New York City Ballet and I've actually only done it here <laughs> so that was a little strange to me but I said yeah of course because he knows that Kay taught me um, Kay Mazo, who it was originated on so um even though I haven't done it in the company, I've learned it from the best. Where I don't even think the people that do do it in the company get that mm-hmm. um, luxury. Mm-hmm. So he was like, "Yeah, just with the musicality and figuring out the step." And it's funny when you learn something the right way, it kind of sticks with you, mm-hmm. you know. And I had such a clear vision of the way Kay did this, like. Like, and it was like, I just had to sing it to her because she was like, I don't understand. Like, and I was like, I don't know. Let's just sing it together, you know, because I I could just picture exactly what Kay did. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he had me help with the jam session, which was the opening of Saturday show. Mm -hmm. And that was really fun because I felt like a little bit like I was just the wrangler of a bunch of different styles of (laughs) Uh dance and then he was like what do you think just put something together and then you know he was like okay I'm not going to be here today so you just like do it and it was like okay (laughs) (laughs) um but you know and those types of things and something at this festival everybody it's such a collaboration like I'm not making up the jookin steps or the tap steps (laughs) but it's more about like the structure and putting it together and um, so yeah, that's been really fun too. Mm-hmm.
1: So while clearly you're going to dance for a very long time, <laughs> it's very interesting to me that you're allowed allowed this experience this year at the festival where you kind of can see maybe a future for in choreography, maybe in coaching. How has this time to just focus on things that are not you dancing kind of allowed you to see things differently and maybe see a different path for yourself someday? A yeah. A long time from now.
2: Um, <laughs> well, I think... Once I did this thing at the music festival called Ballet Now, I think it was last year.
0: In Los Angeles?
2: Yeah, in Los Angeles, um, where I was basically like had to direct like a festival or a three evening event. And ever since then, I have really felt like I had a good way of like kind of leading a room, meaning I feel like I do it with a lot of love, but at the same time I'm able to get like what Results. I need out of the dancers. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't think you ever really know that until you're put into that position. Um, because I think a lot of times, you know, choreographers or people come in and you you think like, it wasn't so long ago that they danced. Like, how are they... they how ha- They easily forget <laughs> yeah. how it is to treat a dancer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it does take like a certain person. Like, Justin is such an amazing person in the front of the room. Um, he... Uh, like or or at least in my experience I don't know how it is like mm-hmm. with a court of ballet or something I'm sure they all feel the same Justin Peck correct Justin me. Peck yeah mm-hmm. um, but for me like his room is always filled with so much fun and love and energy and I think it comes across in the ballets mm-hmm. and um, I think that that's one thing that I would be proud of that I can say is that I think I'm Good at leading a room like that and getting results and Mm -hmm. doing it with fun and Mm -hmm. love. So, I definitely can see myself like directing something in the future or like using choreography. And I guess this has just been a way for me to see beyond my dancing career sooner than I expected. Mm -hmm. You know, and at first, all I said was, Well, you know, I don't want anybody to tell me when the end is going to be. Like, I want it to be like, my time. Mm-hmm. And so an injury is kind of hard because it's something that you just don't expect. And you can't really, you just have to go with the flow and yeah. see when it heals. Um But yeah, I guess in a good way, it's kind of like prepared me for things that I would want to do beyond, beyond mm-hmm. um, dancing. So yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I love that you said that about being close to dancing. Even when you were just talking about how you understood that the dancers have a really hard performance that night and you wanted them to not have to do your ballet that yeah. day. It's something that's so important and really makes the dancers react to you in a good way because they're like, Oh, they're, she's thinking about how I'm feeling, about
2: how my body is. And no, it's they're really, like, Thank you, they so respond much. better. They right? do. Yeah. And then they want to work harder. Mm-hmm. It's like A double, yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Last night we were there and it was, you know, the weather was really bad and it was really cold and I said, I was like, you guys, I just want you to be good for tomorrow, so... Even though we really did need to do it because it wasn't so great during the day. But I would rather them be healthy today mm-hmm. than dancing in like 40 degree weather, freezing mm-hmm. and hurt themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, but so I said, I was like, this is just for you guys, whatever. And they're like, no, 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 we're going to do it pull out. I was like, okay, okay, I guess maybe that's the way to do it. Say, so like, you don't have to do it. And then they're right. like, we'll do we'll it. Do
0: it. <laughs> you have such a diverse background be like jazz training or Mm -hmm. your musical theater experience and then certainly you've danced such a broad array of choreographers in your career both Mm -hmm. at New York City Ballet and here at the Vail Dance Festival Mm -hmm. so I'm wondering which influences kind of stand out to you as a choreographer what are you really pulling from or is it kind of like a a soup of all those things
2: it's funny because I do I I was thinking about this um about how you really do learn from the choreographers that you kind of work with, Mm -hmm. whether it is like how to run a room or, um, Justin, like, I feel like he's so good with the way he moves dancers, Mm -hmm. like structurally, Mm -hmm. which I feel like actually in a weird way has made me better at it. Um, like when I was doing this ballet, I was like, Oh, like, I think Justin would actually be really proud of this uh-huh. part. But, and Chris, and it's just like, I think that you learn from the people that you work with. Mm-hmm. So um, I wish that I had been around when Balanchine was choreographing because I feel like it it would have been really inspiring and I probably would have learned so much just from watching him in the room. But we learned through his ballets and, you know, nobody does it better than him. So, um but I, I do think you definitely learn from the people that you're working with, right. and they kind of influence yeah. your kind of movement quality. Um, and for me, because I did grow up doing all kinds of dance, I think that that definitely, like Bella says to me, Isabella, sorry,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, says to me, like, I don't know, it just seems like this moves flow so like easily out of you. And I'm like, yeah, I guess I really never thought of that. When I turn on a piece of music, it's just something... And I don't even really think about it. It's just like what I hear. Mm-hmm. And one funniest thing in this piece was that the first day that we heard the music, um, there was a little something weird in the music that I heard that none of the dancers heard. And I said, you know, oh, can we stop? Like, I think to the pianist, like, you came in like a little late. <laughs> and he said, oh, no, actually, in the recording, you had the pianist made a mistake. Uh, he was like, oh. we, but we, it's so small. We didn't really think that you would even like notice. And the dancers were like, we didn't hear it. And I said, well, I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, okay, well, the one yeah. thing that I really am good at is musicality. So I'm going to hear if there's a little something <laughs> off, right. you know? Um, but that was interesting mm-hmm. for me to say, you know, that he said, like, he was like, oh, it's so little. We didn't think you would notice. And I was like, oh, no, I definitely noticed. <laughs> so we needed to change a little bit. Um, but, um, Tell us a
1: little bit about the music for the piece that you're doing tonight.
2: Yeah, it was really random how it came about. Damien just wrote me and said that they were having a Juilliard um, little lecture on Caroline. And he thought if I was free, it'd be fun for me to come. Mm -hmm. And I actually wasn't planning on going. And then 10 minutes before it started, I was like, "Eh, maybe I'll just walk over. I live two blocks away. (laughs) So I was like, "Mm, maybe I'll just go over. So I went over and the piece that is, that I choreographed to is something that was played that evening. Mm -hmm. And she did this description of it before and the way she described it and I can't do it justice. I actually texted her yesterday and I said, do you think you could describe it to my dancers today before the show or before rehearsal today? Because it was so moving the Mm -hmm. way she described it that I think that I don't know if had I wanted to use the piece of music had she not said it before. And it's called Thousandth Orange. And I thought, well, what does that mean? <laughs> and she really spoke about, I'll try my best. She <laughs> spoke about the way, she was like, you know, have you ever peeled open an orange and you see like all the intricacies of the, and how she was like, I think that they're so unique and how the thousandth one is just as special as the first one and how there's something so um just like really important and special about every single one and I definitely didn't do it justice but just hearing her say that then when you were listening to the music I don't know immediately after I was like do you think Caroline would let me use that piece of music And Damien said it's so funny you said that I knew you were gonna come up to me and ask that <laughs> and 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 then she was there and she was like, oh, my gosh, yes, I would love that. And yesterday was actually the very first time she got to see it. Uh And she sat next to me and she was like, oh, my God, thank you so much. And I said, it's really easy to make something when your music is like that beautiful. And you'll hear it really is such a nice piece of music. Mm -hmm. Um, Didn't take much with that music and the dancers I have to make something that Mm It's passable. <laughs> so
0: uh, what's your sort of point of departure for the piece? Is it really just reflecting the music? Do you have a specific idea or theme that permeates it? Or
2: Well, with this, I definitely, like, in the opening, I tried to make a tableau that kind of looks like an orange tree. Mm. Oh. Um, but And I just kind of took her idea of the oranges and kind of put them into my dancers. And basically it was just like, these are dancers that I really love. And I think that each one is just as different and interesting as the next. And so I kind of just use that for, Mm -hmm. um, the kind of theme of the piece. Uh, but I definitely was sitting next to her and I was like, there's your orange tree. (laughs) 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 Um, and she was like, Oh,
1: (laughs) yeah. Love that. All right. I think we can open the floor to some audience questions right here. Already one in the front.
2: To so many dancers, but you're also such a fashion icon. Oh, so much for fashion and you've connected to so many designers, and I think you inspire them. so will you share some of those
0: relationships? Because I think it's
2: fascinating. Oh, thanks. Um, It really just came from, um, I'm assuming you're talking about Valentino because that's the only person I'm really (laughs) close with. Um, But it just came from him um, doing costumes for the New York City Ballet. And uh, in the fittings, you know, I think maybe he was used to everybody not saying anything or being really afraid of him. And I don't know. I just didn't go in like that. I thought, okay, this is fun, and I was laughing with him. And I think he just thought, like, okay, this girl is like, I don't know what I think about her, but we were laughing, and then it just became an ongoing relationship. And it's something that I I feel very lucky and fortunate. to have gotten so close with him and um i'm actually going next week to view (laughs) and it's been like an ongoing relationship that has continued but uh yeah it really i think everything comes from the ballet and he is there is nobody who loves ballet more than him Hmm. and he has been friends with You know, he has the best stories from about Misha and Peter and Heather Mm -hmm. and Damien. I mean, he knows everybody um, because he really is just every time he comes to New York, which isn't that often. But, you know, what can I come and see at the ballet? You know, he loves the Nutcracker. He's like, I I can't get enough of the Nutcracker. His favorite thing (laughs) is the run and the shoulder sit jump back <laughs> he's like can we do that I'm like i don't know <laughs> but he he just he really really loves the ballet. he likes to sit in the first ring at the very center and he's like when i did capella he was the first person to stand up it was the cutest thing ever like before it was even you know he just he just loves dance so much mm-hmm.
0: yeah That's so great. yeah uh next question in the back
2: Yeah. Um, I honestly never thought I was going to be a ballerina. I thought that's what I would do more of is musical theater, just because that's how I grew up. I did all kinds of dance. I sang. I, you know, living in California, you act. I went out for like all sorts of things. So that just seemed more of the right path. And it's really strange that actually musical theater is what led me to ballet because it was me being in the um, music man when I was 11 that took me to New York. And I did that for a year. And while I was in the show, I went to school of American ballet. And when I went to the school of American ballet, that was the first time that I thought, wow, like this is not what I thought ballet was. I had, um, taken privately with an amazing Russian teacher and my mother was my first teacher. Um, but there was something about the balanchine like style or technique that just seemed to like resonate with me and i thought wow i had this view of ballet that i really didn't know you know it was very naive of me and the new york city ballet i think was is a perfect fit for me because we do get to do so much rep that involves different styles. And so I feel like I'm not just a ballerina at the New York City Ballet. Um, And, you know, we do get Bill Forsyth in or we get to work with Justin and wear sneakers. So in a way, it feels like something that like I grew up doing. Um, In fact, when I do things like Sleeping Beauty, like those things are more daunting to me than when a new choreographer comes in and people are stressing over that and I'm like, Oh, I got that. And like, uh-huh. but put me in sleeping beauty. And I like want to, you know, throw up every time the show <laughs> is about to begin. Um, so yeah, I think in a way I wouldn't have changed my background for anything cause I think that it's really helped me or, or it's just made me be the ballerina that I am and make me stand out a little bit in a different way. Um, than others, and I'm very fortunate that when the choreographers come in, that I typically get to be in their piece. I think because they see that I have a different way of moving than just the classical form.
1: How do you feel that background inspires and affects your choreography as well as just your dancing? Definitely,
2: uh-huh. yeah. I think that's why Bella, like when she said to me, "Oh, it just seems to come out easy." I think, "Oh, it's it, it doesn't even, uh, you know, it's it's like, oh, that's how I grew up dancing, right, kind right. of." Mm-hmm. Um, And maybe that's why I hear music differently, too. I I don't really know. I think sometimes when you grow up just doing ballet, and I'm not saying it's one way or one way is the right way or one way is the wrong way. But, um, you know, I had to learn to look like a ballerina that wasn't a jazz dancer trying to do ballet. (laughs) But in this in a way, I had already been it a performer and able to be on stage and I was able to dance. So there were things that I really had to work on and I, it was a challenge for me. But at the same time, when you grow up just doing ballet, I feel like you really focus on more positions and not necessarily like the dancing aspect and the performing aspect. So for me, I'm really happy that I had those opportunities when I was younger, because when I got on into the company at 15, I think that, you know, it could have been very scary for me to be on stage, but I felt very comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um so there were things that I had to learn and work on, but um performing and being comfortable on stage and those that wasn't one of them. Right. Yeah.
0: Uh, next question.
2: Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be shy. There we go.
0: There's a uh, oh. in the video that Vale has put out that's the uh, rehearsal. Uh-huh. Lauren runs Roman
2: Ketzer, and Oh, it does a little flip. Yeah, I love that part. I, did
0: that come from somewhere or is that?
2: No, I don't know. <laughs> that was the first rehearsal that we had. And I said, what if you just like jump in his arms and then Roman, let's try you walking to the right and to the left and see which one looks better and see what comes up. And that came and I was like, wow, that was better than I even anticipated. And it was funny because Damien actually was like, well, I don't know about that. And in my head, I was like, I really like that step. (laughs) Um, But I said, maybe we just have to get a little bit better. Um, But, yeah, uh, it, it just... You know, a lot of things, which is kind of strange, come to me, like, at night. If I, like... And especially here in the altitude, I feel like I've been waking up for, like, an hour, an hour and a half, like, a night. And that's not normal for me. But I... I wake up and then I go over the parts of the ballet that like, I don't like, or I want to change. And Mm -hmm. then the next day I go, okay guys, I was in bed and I figured it out. We got to do this and this and this. Um, but that has how it's always been for me. Actually. Like even when I choreographed when I was younger, like at my mom's studio for this, you know, little competition dances, I would do that. It would be like when I was in bed and I couldn't sleep. And then I'd come up with like a really good idea. And the next morning I was like, okay guys, I got it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But yeah, I don't I don't know, sometimes it just takes dancers being in a room and then they they do something that even looks better than you could have like imagined. Mm-hmm. And Lauren has such like a a flexible back that I think that if somebody else did that, I don't actually know if it would look so unique, but the way that the two of them do it is really beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really like their potata. De right here. Yeah, I have always been a very big advocate of that. At the New York City Ballet, they do not show us videos. They teach us from the past season. And I'm like, I don't want to know what I did or what somebody that's in the company did. I want to know what Patricia McBride did and then make my own version. Or um, So whether they showed me or not, it was always a very big thing for me. I always went back to the original because it's not about copying, it's about learning and then taking, you know, obviously we grow as dancers and th- technique evolves, mm-hmm. but you can get a feeling from those videos that I don't think you can from something today. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I definitely have always done that and I think it's really, really important and it drives me crazy when they don't mm-hmm. show people the original. <laughs> <laughs> <In> <laughs> Do the
1: left his dances
2: to his
0: dancers. Mm-hmm.
1: So is this something new with new people who are now running New
2: York City Ballet that they're bringing the dancers back? Um, I think maybe they just had never been asked before. I think Patty had always probably wanted or loved would have loved to come. And, you know, I think it's um, I think they just needed the invitation, honestly. And with Peter around with respect, like He was around with Balanchine, and so he heard a lot of these things. So we honestly, as much as I would have loved to have it, we didn't need it as much as we do now because we don't have anybody that was around during that time. So if they're not bringing in those dancers, we have literally no attachment to Balanchine. You know, there's not one person at the company now who worked with him. So if we don't bring in those dancers, you know, at least Peter would come to our last rehearsals and we could, I mean, I had some amazing rehearsals with him. You know, he was an unbelievable coach and it just, we didn't get much time with him because he had so many other things Mm -hmm. to do. But man, when he was there, like it was an incredible experience. I'll never forget an Allegro Brilliant rehearsal with him. My first time I ever did it. And it was like, I mean, I have never been so tired in my life, but (laughs) You know, he really was a special, he, he had a, a very amazing eye, and when he was present, it was it was really something extraordinary.
1: Mm-hmm. Any other questions? No? All right. Are you sure? Oh, oh no, one I see more. a hand coming <laughs> up.
0: <laughs> so there have been some uncomfortable times at the New York City Ballet in the
2: last year and a half or so, and I'm sure it was unpleasant for many people over that period of time, but I, I get the impression you the group has gotten past a lot of that, and I wonder how does that how does it affect the creativity as you see it? You know, either for yourself or for other dancers. Do you think in the end there will be a lot of good coming out of this, or
0: is there a lot lost?
2: I like to think of it like you know people say, "Oh, you know everybody's dancing so much better," and it's like we're the same dancers that were here when it was one person in charge and now the other person's in charge. And we're dancing the same way. Like, I still go out and I give 105%, no matter who's in charge. And so, honestly, I feel in a way like the dancers have kind of been carrying New York City Ballet. And honestly, like, we don't get a lot now in the front of the room. Or at least things that I feel like people feel comfortable saying because I, honestly, I feel like, um, you know, some of us have done a lot more of these ballets than the people in the front of the room that are teaching us now. And that's really hard. It's hard for me, especially that um, I don't have a ballerina really in the front of the room that I feel like pushes me in the way that I need to be pushed at this time. But at the same time, I know enough to push myself so when, even though I have somebody in the front of the room who can tell me to point my foot and maybe not sickle or, you know, I don't know, turn out a little bit more, um, you know, just like when Balanchine was around, like, I feel like at this point in my career, I know enough to keep pushing myself forward. And I've always been the type of person that has never kind of settled for anything. I I never think anything's good enough. So, but I feel like if you don't have that drive, it is a very hard time right now to be in the company where you don't have that push, you know, and I, I feel more for the younger dancers um, who don't have those coaches around that. You know, when I got in the company, I learned theme from Merrill, And now the people teaching theme and variations are people that have never danced theme and variations. Um, so, yeah, for me, I feel more for them than I do for those of us who had that opportunity and can kind of know enough to even, like, go outside and work with Heather or mm-hmm. call Allegra or do things like that. Mm-hmm.
1: We have time for one more. There's one more left. No. Oh, right here. One more. Oh, One more. We'll do two more. <laughs> i got time. <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> um, your dancing and choreography deserves a big audience, requires a big audience. Do you have a sense of what the future is for dance in
2: America? And are younger people going to be coming and watching you? <laughs> mm-hmm. I hope so. I mean, that was kind of my goal when I did the Music Center and I got this documentary out. I feel like A lot of the thing is um, just making it more accessible for people. Um, I think that, like me, a lot of people put ballet into, like, this stereotype that doesn't necessarily need to be there. And how are you to know unless you see? And, you know, I don't think a lot of people have the opportunity to come to New York and see New York city ballet and ABT perform or come to a festival like this. And so if there is a way for us to get it more mainstream, which is what I, my goal was with like getting the documentary out to bring it into homes for people to see that can't necessarily come. Cause I don't think honestly, there's nothing better than a live performance. You know, things get lost in translation when there's when they're videotaped, but At least we're getting, you know, like there's so you think you can dance out, but we also need to get like ballet out. Mm -hmm. And um, so that was my goal. And that was what was really amazing about Elizabeth Moss, who produced it, was that she was a ballerina. And the only reason she was an actress is because of an injury. Mm -hmm. And her love was to be a ballerina. And she wants so much. She's like, I get pitched things all the time. And when I saw your name in ballet, I was like, Call that girl back, you know? And I didn't even know. I guess we went to the same dance studio. She was just a few years before me, but we went to the same ballet school in Santa Monica. Um, But yeah, I think it's just really important for people to be able to see it so that then kids can... Because I think the older generation, that was kind of a thing to go to the ballet. Their parents took Mm -hmm. them to. And, you know, now with all this social media, it's like I don't necessarily know if going to the New York City Ballet is like something that parents are um, kind of doing as like a a weekly activity. So I think it's important for us to get it out that way. Mm -hmm. Final question. So my question is, Completely in line with that. It was amazing that Jennifer Garner came to watch you. And she had so many acknowledgments of her being here. I think she had almost 200,000 people noticed it. Yeah. And then with what you guys did the other night at Up Close, sharing so many social justice issues, it's interesting how we're really crossing over little
1: bucks, getting back to the people of Memphis. Yeah. Maybe you can share a little bit about... Your relationship with her, how that grew, and the way you're reaching out to other
2: people. Yeah, she actually, she knows she does this 2-2 Tuesday, Uh and I was the first video she put up, and honestly, like, somebody wrote me and was like, do you know Jennifer Garner? And I was like, what? No. (laughs) And they were like, well, she just put a video up of you, and I thought, that is so weird. And so then I watched, and it was her, like, talking over a Justin Peck piece where I'm in sneakers. And... um. Then I saw I had like a message in my inbox, too, from her. And I thought, oh, it's probably somebody just like writing her like, you know, or doing her social media. (laughs) And then I um, wrote her back something and I said, oh, here's my email, you know, whatever. She wrote me the longest email and it was from like, it was clearly from her, not from somebody running an account. And ever since then, that was like a year ago, she literally writes me I would say like daily, um, just like even little things or sometimes she'll be like, shouldn't you be in bed right now? <laughs> like, um, but t- a couple of days ago was the first day I actually met her in person. And it was so funny. I was going back to congratulate the dancers on a show. And as I was walking out, she walked in and we were like, hi. And, <laughs> and um, she really was everything you think that she is, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know. She just seemed like a really down to earth person and somebody like who really genuinely loved ballet. And that was what she was literally, she was obsessed with coming to this festival. Mm -hmm. She was like all of you guys in one place. Like, how does that happen? Mm -hmm. Um, and she's like, I feel like the biggest stage mom of anybody here. (laughs) She's like, it's weirdly like, I feel like I know you guys, but I don't know any of you. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's amazing. Somebody like that with a following like that, that people like, you know, look up to shares Ballet because that just gets it across to many more people that aren't already the ballerina lovers following, say, like me or mm. Isabella or something. Yeah. So,
1: Yeah, as a shameless plug, we spoke with Jennifer Garner on the podcast <laughs> and she told her whole story about how she became interested in ballet, that she really wanted to be a dancer and then that really brought her to acting. And she talks about Tyler, that was before she met you, <laughs> and she was just like, Fan girl. She's just a fangirl. And so it's a <laughs> great interview if you are interested in checking that out. Our cards are on the table if you want to take that. <laughs> but that's a perfect note to end on. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Tyler, so Thanks. much. And thank,
0: thank you, you all for coming. <laughs>
1: Thank you for joining us. A special thanks to Tom Boyd, Director of PR in the Gerald R. Ford Amphitheater, for recording, mixing, and editing this interview. Stay tuned to our social media this week as we continue to release content directly from the Vale Dance Festival as it happens. This episode has been made possible by the Town of Vale, a sponsor helping to host the Vale Dance Festival in our community.